If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Diane Jenkins. Diane's a Grand Prix dressage specialist, trainer, coach. She breeds some young stock and she was also shortlisted for both Sydney and Seoul Olympics. And we can talk to her about that while we have a chat today. How are you, Di? Yes, very well, thanks. Good, good. That all sounds sounds good. Sorry. (laughs) No worries. Di, we start off with a favourite quote that you might use when you're teaching or, you know, one that's inspired you. Have you got one for us? My favourite quote is really that, you know, life is precious, yep. so you should live your dreams and love your life, right? Live your dreams and, I get and love back your life. And I get back to that quite often, the life is precious thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Di, tell us a bit about your first memories with horses. Well, I was just a kid that wanted a pony. We weren't particularly a horsey family, so I just nagged for a pony. And so it went from there. I just went through the normal pony club eventing and so on. and then. Once I got married, I oscillated on dressage. Now, that was only, you know, quite a new sport in those days. And we mostly had crossbred horses or thoroughbreds. And my first horse was a crossbred horse that my husband, Peter, had been show jumping. Mm-hmm. And that was Clavos. He was an amazing horse. Okay. Okay. And you went on to represent Australia with him anyway, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. He, I went to New Zealand with him. He was shortlisted for Seoul and also for the Stockholm Games. Uh, things just seemed to go wrong at the wrong time. And he he was amazing. I sort of learnt my, all my skills from him. Mm-hmm. Very patient horse. He would um, be out there for a long time. I think we had to change a lot as warm bloods became more common. Like, you know, now we have warm bloods and nothing else. The training scheme had to train a little bit as we changed over from the crossbreds to the warm bloods. Um, Warm bloods are not as, say, forgiving as what the crossbreds were. Like they, Mm -hmm. you know, often we had stock horse bred horses and crossbred thoroughbreds and they were good. Anyway, we've changed over to warm bloods now and they are the best. Okay. Okay. And you're breeding warm bloods because I know you breed a few each year. Yes, it's just a little bit of my hobby. Mm-hmm. I just breed a couple. Yeah, they're definitely warm bloods. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, from Pony Club, you know, you sort of went through, did a bit of jumping, did everything else. Now, when you first left school, coaching wasn't necessarily a career, was it? What Did you go straight into working with horses? Did you have another career first? What did you do? Well, you know, when... When I was young, obviously, I had a few different secretarial jobs. Mm-hmm. But when I was married, it was about raising a family. And I really turned to dressage because Peter was a show jumper. And so we'd done the show jumping and I'd done the hacking thing. And I decided there had to be more to it. So mm-hmm. then I started 
doing dressage. But no, in those days I lived in Wagga and, you know, lessons, coaching weren't really a part of it, not not just yet, no. Okay, okay. What about for people who go to work in the horse industry now? What sort of core skills or character traits do you think they need if they're going to get started and be successful? Well, it's quite different now. Like coaching is a very big part of life in the horse world now. Um, and, and not necessarily with coaching, you know, but just to work in the horse industry in general. Well, horsemanship's a big thing, mm-hmm. you know, to know how to get along with horses and to be able to teach people to do that. So if you want to work in the thoroughbred industry, for instance, like you need to have a touch with horses. And these days, you know, there are more academic roles, like you can become, um, you know, like a level three coach or a level three judge. Like there's several, you know, or you can be an official now. Like there's quite a few avenues that you can go into with mm-hmm. horses now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So the big thing you think is horsemanship and they've got to have that level of horsemanship to uh, to get well, started. Well, yes, and, and the knowledge of the sport, you yep. know, so... Yep. The longer you've spent in it, obviously, the best. And you, you really, you've got to love what you do with horses always, like yes. anything, I guess. Yes. At least with most people that go into horse-orientated careers, love horses, mm. you know, so they mm. can do something that they really love. That's right, because it turns to be more than a lifestyle, doesn't it? You know, it's got to it be does. a lifestyle yeah. type of job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, you've talked about Peter. Who else has influenced you in your, you know, your choices with horses? Well, I mean, Peter and I sort of did our own thing for so long. We've always read a lot and watched a lot. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's at the top of the sport, you know, you find out as much as you can from them. So obviously they influence you. Yeah. And I think if I bring up a name, it, to me, Isabel Worth has always been like a number one. I just admire what she does and how she does it, you know, and the amazing way she rides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds like you've just been very open-minded, you know, very open-minded that you're always listening and attentive to what's going on around you. Always, mm-hmm. yeah, and you just you keep up with the sport that way and that's very important. Yep. I've always found being a judge as well. Yes. It's great because, you know, you look at it from a slightly different angle. So yep. that's always helped me being a coach. I mean, I love teaching. Coaching to me is um, just eaten a bit, you know. I just love teaching people how to ride mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, you know, the skills I've learned over a lifetime, yep. I just love to teach people. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, what about horses? You talked about Clavos. Clavos was my first horse. so. He was amazing. I had another one, Adlu Moonshine, that we sold quite early in Grand Prix. And the love of my life will always be Blackwood, Snow <laughs> Blackwood. I thought um, you'd say him, but yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just loved him. He was so, so, so beautiful. Yeah. And he was sort of very much my friend and partner for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then, like, there was Adlu Richard. Recently, I mean, there's been so many mm-hmm. over the years. They're, they're just the, yep. you know, the really good ones. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What do you think your proudest moment's been? Oh, the 2000 Grand Prix champion um, in Melbourne was the test of your life. You mm-hmm. know, I often say to pupils, like, if you 
you get a handful of tests in your life that you can say, wow, that was it, you know. I was lucky enough to have it in a Grand Prix where just I couldn't believe it as we went through that test. I mean, wow, that was great. That was great, you know. And it was just the best feeling. I'll never forget it. Good, good. Now, I'm sure it hasn't all been rosy. What do you think some of your biggest challenge or your biggest challenge has been? Probably the biggest challenge. I mean, it was disappointing to miss out on Seoul, but probably missing out on the Stockholm Games, being left off that list was probably the most heartbreaking for me and took um, a bit to get over. But you learn to have a tough sort of hide in horses, I guess, because Life with horses is always full of ups and downs, so you just learn to keep moving on, I guess. No better way to put it. Yep, yep. Now, thinking about some of the students that you teach now, what do you think is a common problem and then how can we fix it or how can they fix it? Just to improve their riding skills, their handling skills, the way their horses horses are going. Yeah. Firstly, let me say I've got some wonderful students and that's good. If there's a a common problem out there, I think people get in a hurry. You can only ever go as fast as the horse will let you and you need to be able to listen to what the horse is telling you. So the horse is saying to you that he needs a bit more time, you should give him more time. And that's really necessary when you're teaching basic things like walk, trot and canter better. Canter better, that's a big one because a collected canter is one of the hardest things for horses to learn. So, yeah, patience, yeah, don't mm-hmm. get in a hurry. Yes. Um, yep. But, you know, there'll be places where a horse will say, I'm okay with that, and yep. so you can move along. It's like sometimes some things go so slowly, but then other things will go quickly. You know? Okay, okay, yep. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. All right. Now breeding. Tell me what you look for in a breeding horse. You know, for horses that you're breeding, that you're looking for, what would you look for in a young horse? Good paces. Uh, a lot of people sort of think they've got to have a magic trot. Well, that's nice, but you really need a horse that can canter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Trainability. So you look for breeds. I'm a bit of a nut about breeding. You look for breeds that have got competitors in their background, you know, horses that have trainable temperaments. It's not like mixing paint, so you've got to be careful, you know, what you put with what, mm-hmm. and I find that always very interesting. But these days you need paces, a certain amount of good looks, although a dressage horse can be made beautiful from a very ordinary start, I have to say, mm-hmm. if they're trained correctly. Yeah, and temperament, you know, t- trainability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so important. That's good. All right. Now, have you got a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? I guess I just read a lot. So, But any books that follow like the German training scale, they're all good. Mm-hmm. If you're asking mm-hmm. me about favourite book, I just love that book Stephen Clark had out. I, I think it was just called Dressage. Um, that 
it just went to 10, I think it was called, um, and he just picked out the best horses, which I guess I was familiar with the horses, you know. Yes. Because they were about a time as I was probably going with Blackwood. Mm-hmm. So it meant a lot to me mm-hmm. what he had to say in that book. Mm. Good, good. All right, just moving on now, what are you looking forward to? I hear that you've got some big things on the way. Well, I've always been a mad keen rider, coach and competitor. Yep. I guess life goes on and you get older, so my competitive days are pretty much getting behind me. So coaching still a very big part of my life. Mm-hmm. I really just want to keep riding for as long as I possibly can because I just love riding. Yep. That's all. Yep, yep. Okay, 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 good. And coaching, you know, (laughs) if I can coach people to ride well, I'm a happy person. Good, good. All right, Di, can you sum up your philosophy into a lesson today for our listeners? Teach your basics. Always be fair to your horse. Listen to what they're telling you, really. Yeah, I think that, that would put it in words as much as I can think of at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And Di, how can people contact you? I'm on the EA coaches list. Yep. Um, get my phone number from there. Okay, mm-hmm. no worries. Always, always the best, yeah. All right, and that phone number, all your contact details will be under horsechats.com slash Diane Jenkin. Di, thank you for talking to us today. Thank you for going through your horses and bringing back some memories and some important competitions for you too, you know, and even just being up there and having one horse go to Grand Prix. You know, you've had a few and you've been successful over a long period of time. So you've certainly done very well. You could look back on your career and go, wow, you know, I was one of the people that were instrumental in in even changing dressage, you know, within a country. I think you've done a great job there. Yeah. So thank you for talking to us today and hope to get talk to you again sometime soon. Thank you, Clannis. It's been thank a pleasure. <laughs> okay. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.